Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel is another name for Jesus. God with us is the meaning of the name. Emmanuel is Jesus, God's only son. And to this earth he came. God, the son, was with us on the earth. To fulfill his heavenly father's plan, he was born on the earth so he could die on a cruel cross for the sins of man. Born of a virgin was God's sign for us. Conceived by the Holy Spirit was he. Born in Bethlehem, city of David, the great Savior of men he would be. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we don't fully comprehend what you've done. We may not ever fully comprehend what you've done, but we can truly thank you. We can be grateful for you sending your son, this dual-natured son of yours, being born in a manger. We thank you and we praise you. Now open up our hearts and our minds that we might hear some words that will inspire us to draw closer to you. For I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, the opening chapters of two Gospels in Matthew and also in the book of John. Matthew 1, 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. John 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then we go to 14, and it says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. At the incarnation, Jesus uh, became a human being and forever be the God-man. Fully God and fully human. Two distinct natures in one person. The hypostatic union is the combination of the divine and human natures in the single person of Christ. The birth or the incarnation of Jesus was more than just the birth of a baby. It was a momentous event. It was the event that fulfilled that set time in prophecy. When you look at Isaiah 7:14 and Isaiah 9, 6, and 11, 1, it talks all about Jesus coming to this earth. Zechariah 9, 9 talks about him coming in on a donkey. Micah talks about the two Bethlehem, well, it talks about the Bethlehem Ephrata because there are two Bethlehems. There's the Bethlehem Zebulon 
And God did not want there to be any mistakes. So he clarified which Bethlehem Jesus would be born in. So now, that set time, that prophecy fulfilled, had fully come. And God is a God true to his word. Sent his son, born of a woman, under the law. Galatians 4.4 4. But as we contemplate on the marvel of the entrance of God into human experience for the redemption of man, we can truly begin to appreciate the infinite love of God and his plan to save you and to save me. It is an amazing thought that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, who is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, would become one of his own creatures. The very thought boggles the mind. It is difficult for finite human beings to comprehend what has been done. But what else could have been done? What could God have done to save humanity? The angels could not have done it. We needed divine intervention for divine forgiveness. And we can be ever thankful for what God has done. Amen? But do we really understand what God has done? In Hebrews 2, 16 and 17, it says, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. In other words, he had to make right before God the sins of humanity. He covered for us. God took our place. Isn't that wonderful? That propitiation is God taking our place and here he stands before God receiving the wrath of God that you and I should have received. And then he reconciles us back to God. Desire of Ages, page 312, says this, that Jesus, from a royal ancestry of kings to a lowly ancestry of shepherds and herdsmen, from a holy ancestry of the only begotten Son of God to an imperfect ancestry of sin-stained human beings. By uniting, uniting human nature with deity and perfecting that human nature in his own life, God has immortalized the redeemed human nature in his resurrected life. And that forever God will have human nature. He will have the dual nature of divinity and humanity. How many people do you know that have been created in such a fashion? And that is why the birth or the incarnation of Christ is so special. By his divinity he lays hold upon the throne of heaven while by his humanity, he reaches us.
we must ever keep in mind on page 25 of Desire of Ages and taking our nature the Savior was bound has bound himself to humanity by a tie that is never to be broken through the eternal ages he is linked to humanity imagine imagine if you will the things that God chose to go through to become a human being he had to, first of all, divest himself of his divine power and his position. He gave up his right to live with all of his majesty and glory. It's kind of a riches to rags story. He also had to empty himself of the prerogatives of deity and of the independent use of his sovereign power. Now let's make something clear here. He did not empty himself of his deity, but of the independent use of his attributes, and he became an ordinary person. In fact, he became a bond servant. You know what a bond servant is? A bond servant is a slave. And when Christ was on this earth, he didn't own anything. He had to borrow or use someone else's. He was born in a borrowed manger. He never owned a house. Some of us owned maybe two houses or more. He bought a boat. He bought a donkey. He bought a room for the Last Supper with his disciples. He even had to borrow a tomb. The tomb in which he was buried in was a borrowed tomb. These are some things that God gave up to be human. He gave up being clothed with divine splendor and now he takes on human form. He humbles himself. I mean, can you imagine God humbling himself to the point that he would become his creation, come to this earth to be despised, to be rejected, to be acquainted with grief. God did this, and he chose to do it. He was not forced to do it. God chose to become man. He chose not to be treated as God, but to be treated as a man. He subjected himself under his own law. For we are told in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The wonders of his union of divinity and humanity is an example of humility and love. When you look at what God has done, it is humbling. It is an act of humility and love. And we can find it recorded in Philippians 2.8. As a result of this incarnation, man can now become what God had originally planned for him to be, like him. <laughs> 
we have an opportunity now because of God coming to this world, becoming a baby. We often talk about the crucifixion and we talk about the life and we talk about the resurrection, but coming from the throne of God to become a baby, a human baby, affords us the opportunity to be reunited with him, to become like him. This restoring of man in the image of God is one of the divine purposes of the God-man. The question is, how do you go from the divine sitting on the throne, speaking and things come into existence to become a helpless human baby, one of your own creation. Can you put your mind around that thought that here is God, God, the creator of the universe, who speaks and things happen, that he would become his own creation? It only goes to show you how badly, how much God loves us, how much he wants us to be with him, that he would reduce himself to that of a human baby. All designed to save us. You know, there are various lists of the wonders of the world, and they've been compiled from antiquity to the present time, and they've been cataloged to, to, to the world of the world's most spectacular natural wonders and man-made structures. But listen to what Lloyd C. Taylor Sr. had to say in a poem, The Wonder of All Wonders. This is what he says. The sun appeared to men of old, such a wonder they did see. But wonder of all wonders was that Jesus was a born for you and me. Born there in a humble stable and to such a sin-cursed earth to bring hope to all mankind and our salvation through his birth. He came down from heaven's glory, not to mansions rich or fair, but to a lowly virgin. Sin's heavy burden he would bear. He left his glorious palace, was robed in humanity to give his life upon the cross. And this he did for you and me. He increased in grace and wisdom as he took the form of man. He went about doing good, working miracles by his hands. Yes, he healed the brokenhearted and he set the captives free. He calmed the raging waters and yes, he made the demons flee. And he fed the hungry thousands. Yes, he made the blind to see. But the wonder of all wonders was that Jesus was born for you and me. Often loving people may speak of their love and care for us. But the Son of God proved his love the day he died on Calvary. Yes, the wonder of all wonders for the entire world to see. The wonder of all wonders. Jesus was born to die for you and for me. Think about some realities of God becoming man. But for here is one who never sleeps or slumbers. 
became tired as a man. The creator of oceans of water, all bodies of water, became thirsty. The one who fed people with manna in the wilderness became hungry. One who flung the stars in space slept under the stars. The one who inhabited heaven's ivory palaces was born in a borrowed cattle shed. The omnipotent God, the omniscient God, had to learn how to talk, how to walk as a child, as a baby, as an infant, as a human. The eternal word of God had to learn how to read. The helper of his people became helpless and dependent. The beloved son of God became the rejected son of man. The one who created angels had angels come to his aid during his temptation in the wilderness and again in Gethsemane. So why did he do it? Why did he do it? To save me. You see, God saw down through the ages and he saw Brother Parker and he said, I love him and I don't want him to be lost. He said, I'm going to come to the earth and I'm going to go through all of this rejection, this persecution. I'm going to go through all this pain and agony because I love him so much and I don't want him to be lost. I want to save him and I'm going to do all I can to save him. Now the choice ultimately will be my choice as to whether or not I accept this precious gift that God has given me. But God decided that he was coming to save me. And the most wonderful thing of all, he came to save you too. He came to save the world, praise God. Why did he do it? Because he wanted to save us. And in order to save us, he had to become human. He had to become human. He had to go through all these things for our benefit. He had to take on human flesh, live a life that would lead to the pathway of humiliation, condescension, condescension, stepping down, crossing that infinite gap between heaven and earth, between God and us, all for our sakes, all for love's sake. But does the incarnation really mean anything? Does it really matter? Where would we be if there was no incarnation? If God had chosen not to take on flesh and, and let flesh cover him, his divinity, where would we be? Where would hope be? We would not only be hopeless, but we would be helpless. We can praise God today that he chose before the world began that he would come and intervene on our behalf. Praise him. And that's why Christians are so happy. That's why they're so joyous because they know what God has done for them. Amen? That's why you're happy, right? It's hard to imagine being eternally lost, but there will be some who will be eternally lost because they've chosen not to accept the precious gift. You see, we're not just looking at a baby. We're looking at God who became a baby. 
And that's what we have to keep in mind, is that it's not just a baby. It's just not an ordinary human baby that God chose to become human in order to reach you. Wow. What a God. Can you think of any religion where God, where the God chose to become? Well, you can't because there's only one creator. And no matter what other God there might be or people might be worshiping, he is not the creator. The creator God came for you and me. Praise him. I'm thankful. It's something that we need to think of more. God is merciful. He is loving. And this incarnation has value for us today because God who became flesh, who came to set up his tent among us, who dwelt here on this earth, was crucified. He rose again. He ascended to heaven. And today he is seated in his glorified human body at the right hand of God the God-man. And from that place in heaven, he is our advocate and he intercedes for us before the throne of God today. The incarnation matters. We don't give it enough importance. We don't dwell on it. We don't contemplate about how God, that God, even gave himself in human form to the world. Herein is the wonder of all wonders. He came below to raise us above, was born like you and me, that we might become like him. I hope we can see how God loves us and how he wants us to be with him. The incarnation is the wonder of all wonders. We can't understand it. We can't explain it. We accept it by faith. We accept it by faith that this is God who has come to redeem us. God, as I close, I want to just make this one last point. That God, who was divine, chose to engulf himself in humanity. And now he comes to sinful humanity and he says to us, I want you now to put on divinity he said I want you to abide in me in my divine character that I might nurture you and help you to become more like me God wants us to come back to him and I just say to you today every day is an opportunity but when we come here as a family to worship it's an opportunity to say yes Lord I realize that I have slipped off just a little bit and I need to come back and get back on target. I need to make sure that I stay on that spiritual platform that you want me to have, be on. And I, and I need to also keep a kingdom focus in mind. So help me, Lord. Because none of us want to be lost. We all would love to be saved. We would all love to be in paradise with God. And I'm just appealing to you today to think about what God has done for you. Now, what will you do for him? 
He gave everything for you. Will you give everything for him? As we pray, I just want to ask you one little thing. Would you like to renew your contract with God, your covenant with God today? Just let me see your hands. That you, that as you think about what he has done for you, that you just want to renew your covenant, your contract with him. You know, that's what a covenant is, right? I want to do the same. Because I realize that he has done so much for me. And I also realize I'm not where I need to be. And I pray God help me. Have mercy upon me. Give me of your spirit that I might have a deeper desire to want to know you. This God who became a man, who dwelled on the earth to save me. And as we pray right now, I'm also going to ask you to kneel with me. And we're going to pray for ourselves and for one another. And I'm going to ask that you will also keep Brother Duong in prayer. Sonny, Teve, where are you? Sonny? Sonny's brother-in-law. He is in critical condition, and he's been in the hospital in critical condition. He, emergency care, critical care, and then back to the care facility. He's been coming to our church for some time, on and off. We don't know what God has planned for him. We are praying that God's will be, will be done. But we also want to pray that he will give his heart to God. And I'm going to ask you to give anew your heart to God. This is not a time to be walking out. This is a time to be kneeling and praying. This is a time where we need to have focus. And all of God's people need to be praying and so I'm asking you to just to kneel with me and to pray for Brother Duong and for ourselves, for one another. And you know somebody in your family or your circle of influence who needs prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. As I said, I, I cannot fully comprehend what you've done as a finite human being it's impossible for me to really clearly understand it fully understand it but Lord as I see it I just can thank you for it it is because of what you have done that makes it possible for me to be with you, to know you to love you to represent you on this earth. Oh God, I pray that you will help me in my walk. And then my brothers and sisters who are here today, I pray for each one of them. They want to renew their covenant with you. And why not? We need to renew it every day. But sometimes we slip and we fall. Sometimes we make wrong decisions. We think wrong thoughts. Whatever the case may be, Lord God in heaven, help us that we might begin to look more like you, act 
more like you, love like you, forgive like you, just be like you. Help us, Lord, won't you? Please. And then Brother Duong. I don't know his circumstances. and I don't know his position, his relationship with you. But I'm praying to you today for him that you will touch him and that he would be willing to give his heart to you no matter what happens, that he would be willing to give his heart to you. I pray for his family. I pray that you will bless each one of them and that you will keep them in your perfect presence and your perfect peace. Give them that peace, Lord, I pray. And then there are people that we know who we love. I pray for them, our family members. Please help us. And as we leave this place and as the world celebrates Christmas, we pray that we will worship you, not some Santa Claus, not some jingle bells, but the God of heaven. Let that be our focus, O oh God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.